Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited for our guest today. Um, he's a lawyer by training, but he's a, more importantly, he's an entrepreneur. He's a CEO mentor and vision maker, uh, James Bolittis. I'm really excited about the topics we're going to be talking about today. It's more grand level, uh, big picture, how to be a great visionary, CEOs, and it's going to be a great discussion. So James, welcome. Oh, thank you very much, Chris. I really appreciate you inviting me on. Yeah. Um, tell people your backdrop story and how you got started and the work that you do. Well, I was a great trial attorney for 35 years. I know some some doctors always feel like, oh, gee, trial lawyer, but I didn't do medical malpractice. So that's not relevant. But, uh, <laughs> but I felt stuck. And I know that many of us in professional um, businesses, we feel stuck. And the reason we feel stuck is because we're we're tied to that career, right? We can't do anything else for fear that that if we let that go or if we do too much, we'll get distracted from that profitability center. It wasn't true, but I, what I had to do is I had to figure out how to how to enroll the vision killer that was in me. Yeah. You um, allude to this really interesting concept called vision killer and kind of what what is it and why, how do we want to tame him, her? How do we control it? So uh, it's either in us or in others around us or both, right? And what I found was actually through a story that, that involved my wife, she's quite the visionary and she has her own business and she wanted to help a million babies. And, um, and I would try to help her but I would tell her, well, we shouldn't do that because that's we don't have the money for that or we shouldn't do this because whatever the reason was. And so essentially what I learned, from, and it's an interesting story, but I won't tell it today unless you want me to. But ultimately what I learned was when she talked in a very public place about for the first time feeling supported in her vision, I realized I needed to change myself. And so I took a really hard look, a deep dive into what we do when we have vision in front of us and how we can actually enroll ourselves and others in our visions rather than kill them. And so what happens is even when we're children, think about it for a second, your children come up and they say, oh, I wanna do this or I wanna do that. And you think, well, I don't want them to get hurt. Let's not have them do that right now. Or we, we sort of support them, but not really. Uh, we need to change the way we think about that. And so I've created a concept for that. And as it turned out, it was highly powerful for me and also for the CEOs that I mentor. Yeah. 
I love that. And we'll talk about, you know, the secret to creating a compelling vision. We'll also talk about AI, but um, the other one question is you have this um, uh, with regards to CEO, taming a vision killer, one CEO's epic battle to create a compelling vision. Tell us that, that, that uh, story. Yeah. So uh, if I corrected the question, the, the one you wanted me to tell, oftentimes when we are confronted with our limitations, we tend to, to say, well, okay, I guess I can't do that. So I advocate a little bit different thing. And I'm going to share a story of a real uh, situation that a CEO went through. What we need to do when we start ideating our vision is make it impactful. And that means we need to collaborate with other people. So we have to make it bigger than ourselves. Otherwise, they're not interested. Find My Why was a great step in the evolution of creating vision, but nobody else cares about your why, right? So mm -hmm. we have to first create a vision that's bigger than us that would interest other people. And then we need to start collaborating with them, not on how to get the vision done, but rather on what that vision should be. And when we start doing this, we start getting this synergistic effort and energy going, and then ultimately build a team around that, and then take the next step and execute on that. So the reason that that vision killers are so powerful is we let them be. And the way we allow them to be that way is because we either fear them, that is, they're going to tell us something we don't want to hear, or we're concerned that they might be right, and so our own insecurity or that uh, maybe they're foretelling something that would be embarrassing to us if it happened later on down the road, like a failure, for instance. So we always dance around this issue, but here's what we really need to do. All vision killing is in how, in the execution, all of it. Mm. And so it's really surprising when you start thinking about it that way. Mm -hmm. What we, we should tell the vision killer or the person who's busting our vision down, <laughs> we should say, hey, listen, <laughs> that sounds like that's an execution issue. Why don't we postpone that? Come play with me in vision for a little bit. Watch their facial expression change. Watch <laughs> them be enrolled in what you have to say. Watch them actually contribute. And sometimes they're the greatest contributors because they're also the doers in the world, the ones that get things done for you. An office manager, a COO, a C, uh, CMO. These, these people are highly intelligent usually. And their concern is to protect you. And yet, we don't want their protection when we're in vision. We want them to join us in the vision. So if you take that step, it works really well. Well, we did that with a person who, who had a an event planning agency. She was at about seven figures. We doubled her revenue in two years. In three years, we tripled it. All completely related to her deciding, hey, I'm going to go with a bigger vision and getting the support of her team it acted like a magnet, started pulling clients and prospects and employees all to her because she had this huge vision. Basically a bigger why. And I think there, Tony Robbins said, you know, kind of focus on your why and then kind of the how takes care of itself. And then there's a couple instances where actually vision is actually, actually makes you even stronger. So um, talk about is company vision wasted effort for everyday CEOs and um, how to evolve personally to be a great vision maker? It's a great question. I, I think three quarters of the CEOs that I meet, they tell me that their vision is really something that's in the drawer. 
They can't repeat it. They, they can't tell me what it is. They give me some vague answer. They'll never say it at a cocktail party. They would never introduce it to other people that are their friends because it's sort of a business thing to do, but it isn't really effective. So to be a compelling vision, what we need to do is start enrolling people in what they would be interested in. And the way that we do that is we go a little deeper within ourselves. Why is it that we want to do this? And then why is it that others around us want to do that? So taking the very wise words of Tony Robbins, I mean, he's been around forever and he's very, very successful at this. He said, well, figure out your why and then the how will take care of itself. That's a great, that's a great aha. But here's my add to it. Find your why and then other people's why. Now you have two, three, four, five, six people all after the same thing. And what ends up happening is it starts enrolling other people in that vision. It expands the vision bigger than you can do yourself. It gives meaning to the vision and it allows you to, to overcome that sort of feeling like, well, it's sitting in a desk. Not only do you have people that are working with you on the vision, but also the implementation becomes easier as well. And so this is the missing link is collaborating with others. I've said this to very, very successful C, uh, CEOs that are stuck. And then suddenly they go, well, I never even thought to do that. I thought it just had to be me, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. It can be you. It can be your, your family. It can be your, your employees. It can be all the people around you. Or if you're an entrepreneur and you're getting started, it can just be an idea. See, the millennial taught us this, right? They pick up the phone and they give it to a million people. <laughs> we older guys like me, you know, I, I always thought if it was going to be, it was going to be up to me. We want to yeah. evolve. We want to adopt the best of what's happening right now. And this is a great way to do it. So when you do these things, you all of a sudden get all this energy because you're actually fulfilling values within you that you really want to fulfill. But you, for one reason or another, you decided you couldn't because you're stuck in your job, because maybe you think you have an artificial limit on the kind of client you can help or the kind of business you want to run uh, or the kind of medical practice that you have or other things like that. So it can be tremendously liberating when you take this dive. And that's what I do in the in Vision Maker. It's going to be out in early, um, early 2024. The intention is in three weeks for you to create an incredible vision, build your team, and get started on it. And I'm real excited to advance that, that idea. Yeah. Then the next question is because um, you talk about evolving and especially no conversation would be amiss without talking about AI today. And you talk about AI making your company obsolete without a vision. And what do people, the listeners need to know that makes vision AI proof or uh, kind of future proof yourself from AI? It's a great question. I'm a big proponent of AI. I think AI is a terrific addition to what we're trying to do. But let's recognize what AI does. It takes what it already exists and it makes it better faster than we can do it ourselves. It can write a paragraph faster than I can think to write a paragraph. It can create a picture now that I, you know better than I can create a picture in a matter of minute. It can do a blog post. It can do all this amazing stuff. And it takes from all the information that's out there. But I'm going to take some of you, uh, if you remember the Star Trek series, when it first came out in the 60s, doors that automatically opened didn't exist. A cell phone didn't exist where you turned a knob and you talked to somebody you know, elsewhere. We were on a corded phone, right? It, it had a lengthy extension cord on it. 
these kinds of things didn't exist. So if you ask AI to create it, it doesn't know what. It doesn't know what it is. It doesn't have a reference point. My point of this is, if you're going to have a business that's a service-oriented business or you're providing a service that makes things better, which we've done and done successfully in the last 60, 70 years, then your business is going to be supplanted by AI at some point here. That's why you need to be, we as humans need to be in this creative mode where we create bigger, stronger, better visions, things that we haven't even thought of right now and which AI cannot think of. Then we ask AI to help us to implement it. So the execution portion of vision will be better with AI, but the vision portion, that's just us humans and we've got to keep it going. Yeah. And it's interesting because um, essentially, you know, AI from like kind of November last year to now it's dramatically improved, but it still can't do like um, AGI or human judgment, human creativity, human innovation it still can't do that. So, uh, and I love this idea that you're talking about scaling in, in quantity and then quality, but then also keeping the humans involved. And, you know, that's where the uh, vision comes in. Um, talk about this, uh, you know, is for the CEOs out there, what can they do to create a compelling vision now and give examples of six uh, A figure CEOs that um, created visions that resulted in revenue increases? Yeah. So, the first thing is for you to start taking sort of uh, inventory of how often you've killed your own visions. What is it you really wanted to do? When I was going to be a lawyer, when I really wanted to join and be a lawyer, I wanted to de deliver justice. I really did. And so when you get into the business of medicine or the business of law or the business of architecture or all these other businesses, we learn quickly that we also have to pay the bills and we have to earn a living and we need to be paid for our time and our effort. And so sometimes we walk away from or we step back from those things we really, really want to accomplish. I want to revitalize you. I want you to know that that's possible more so now than back then, because it isn't just about you. So when we start creating a bigger vision, that's the first step. Create a bigger vision and suspend your own vision killer. Then start finding your vision building team. That is people that you can rely upon to help you to build this vision. So for instance, I'll give you Wells for, um, Wells for Life as an example. What a great vision. Here is the vision. It isn't building wells. No child should go without clean drinking water. That's the vision. In the world, I mm -hmm. support that vision. I get excited about the idea of that vision. How you choose to execute on that is different. But the point is that that's a really strong, good vision. And so it's no wonder that it's successful when they, they match that up with an execution plan and provide wells to children in Uganda or in India or places like this. So th this is the kind of visioning you want to do. A painting contractor said, what? What am I struggling with here? He was successful, but he would constantly be in a battle to find good employees, good, experienced, well-trained employees and keep them because when it got busy in another contractor, they would offer an exorbitantly greater amount of money and then they would run over there and then, you know, they'd be musical chairs with employees, right? And the customer would suffer. So he came up with a different idea. His idea, I can't tell you it because it's his competitive advantage, right? And I helped him to create this. <laughs> but, but what his vision was, was I'm going to provide 
a better environment, not only just for my employee, the painter, but training, education, the opportunity to build on their lives and involve them more in the opportunities of the business. And as a result of that, he doubled his revenue just instantly, like within seven months. It was incredible. So these are the kinds of things that we want to look for when we build a bigger vision and we start col uh, collaborating with others. And if you struggle with that, well, then get some help. Uh, get get somebody to talk to about that. Or in January, get the book. Or you can certainly reach out to me at vision-maker.net. And, um, and I'll be glad to talk to you. Get yeah. you started. Yeah, I love that. And kind of uh, a good ending notice. Talk about, you know, the work. You know, you have a book coming out early 2024. What's it about? Um, how to get on the wait list and uh, where to find it and and uh, finally how to contact you. Yeah, so uh, the book is about creating a different vision than we've been creating before, suspending the vision killer, allowing the vision killer to learn uh, and to help us instead of standing in our way or holding us back to build our team and then to announce our vision to the world and have people continue to gravitate toward it. That outcome usually means that even people that aren't doing business with you will refer to you because they're excited about your vision. They're excited yeah. to support a vision like that. And it doesn't always have to be a social cause. It can be for any number of reasons. Uh, as I told you with the painting contractor, it's not necessarily a social cause. Yeah. Uh, and so the the way to to get on my list, I don't, I'm not going to pre-sell the book right now, but I can notify you when the book is printed out. You can go to visionkiller.com, and if you type in visionkiller.com, you'll go to a sales pre pre-launch page. Put in your email there, and I'll notify you when the book is launched. You can get in touch with me on that website on uh, visionmaker.net, and uh, and reach out to me. I also help CEOs or individuals that are stuck. Um, but I have I have curtailed some of that right now, just in all candor, because I'm really promoting the book and speaking on podcasts like yours and on the stage to get it, this to as many people as possible. I would like you to help me with my vision by spreading <laughs> the word, because I think that this evolution and vision will lead to not only just my helping CEOs, but I think in all places of our lives, we could use some more vision, couldn't we? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. The definitely the world society really needs more just vision and you know more just to uplift the whole morale. All of James' resources will be in the links and show notes. And uh, I really enjoyed this talk. It's kind of a high level macro talk. And um, with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Well, I really appreciate you having me on, helping me with my vision, right? So my vision is to modify the way we do vision so that we have a better world to live in. And every effort that, that's made by any person, I am very appreciative. And that's for sure true with you, Chris. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Inspirational motivation.
wherever you are listening. If you like it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.